This podcast is brought to you by Story King Books. Sign up now and get a free copy of my latest ebook, Launch Your Podcast Like a Pro. The link will be in the show notes. And now for today's episode. Welcome to the Story King Podcast, the show featuring inspirational conversations about the art and business of storytelling and living life. I'm your host, John Carlo, and today's guest is Franklin, Tennessee-based artist, Emily Newman. Born in Nashville, Emily Newman is a local painter here in Middle Tennessee, where I'm now located. I met her at a weekly farmer's market in Franklin a few weeks back. Here is my conversation with Emily Newman. Emily Newman, welcome to the Story King podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, you're the second uh, painter I have on the season, actually. uh, I interviewed another artist named Jennifer Hannaford. She's uh, up in New York. We knew her when we were living over there. So so you're my second painter here. So this is exciting. Well, I feel honored that you chose me. Thank you so much. <laughs> Absolutely. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your story, who you are and what you do? My story? Let's see. Well, I was born in Nashville, Tennessee, and uh, my family relocated to Florida when I was about four. Um, and then I grew up real close to the beach and I left Florida. I want to say, oh wait, no, I, I moved to Orlando. So we lived in, um, we lived in Bradenton and then I moved to Orlando when I was like, I don't know, um, 17 or 18 and, um, met my husband there. We had some children. I would say that they kept me from painting a lot. Um, when I was younger, I painted and drew all the time. That was pretty much my life, my escape mm. from my life. Right. <laughs> and um, it was something that I think I, I gave up around the time that I had kids. I wasn't super passionate about it when I was younger. I, I never really thought you could make a living at it. And I was kind of like, I mean, I enjoyed it, but I was in survival mode, you know? Mm-hmm. So when you're trying to make a living and just survive, it's it's hard to really dive deep into your hobbies. I think when my kids started to get a little bit more manageable, I still had a, a younger one. Um, that's when I started really picking it up again. And um, my husband actually lost his job. Um, this was after we had uh, moved to Tennessee. And um, that kind of prompted me to, I didn't want to go work. And I, and I didn't know what was going to happen with him because his job was tricky. He um, he worked, he traveled, and it, it just got I didn't know with when he was going to find another job and he was looking and it just wasn't working. And so I, with three small children, didn't want to go find a job. So, and I know that sounds, I I don't know how that sounds. It's going to sound different to everyone, but it just didn't feel right to me. So I started um, selling my art at a little market here in Cookville where I live now. And it was interesting. I never thought that it would do what it did. (laughs) Like not in a million years that I think that it would it would get to where it, it blossomed into, but um, people started buying my art and I was like, wow, this is crazy. What's going on. <laughs> and so um, I started, the demand started getting higher. So I started painting more and I started really taking it seriously. Like it was just kind of crazy. And um, my husband was helping a lot with the kids. And so I was able to really dive into this, I don't know, this, uh, this fantasy I'd always had, but the way that it manifested was nothing 
like I thought it would. So it led me to where I am now. I, I went, I wanted a bigger market. So I don't, I, I guess I don't do things the way that most people do. I, I mean, I sell my art at a farmer's market, mm-hmm. but I found a farmer's market that, you know, is incredible. Like this is, this is an amazing farmer's market. And, um, for the past six years I've been there, this is where I am now selling it. I I've met so many people. I'd say most of my clients are all return. And, um, somehow I have managed to get into this position that I am a full-time artist supporting my family. That's awesome. I mean, I was going to save this question for later on, but since you're talking about it, can you talk a little bit about the business side of painting? I, you know, I met you at that farmer's market in Franklin a couple of weeks back. You have your own website. So what is it like for an artist these days to monetize their art? Uh, it's so tricky because so when you're in survival mode, like I think most of us are, you have this like knee-jerk reaction to paint what sells because mm-hmm. you want to live. You want to you make it. You want to continue to do what you're doing. So I went through that phase. Um, I, for the most part, stayed true to myself, but I went through a phase of like, I, I, I would see what was selling and, you know, or my perception of what I thought was selling. And, you know, and when you go in shops or galleries or whatever, and I, being that I have no art background and I should say that, like, I mean, I painted and I drew when I was little, but I was not exposed to art at all. My mother was an artist, but she, I mean, I saw like three of her paintings, like, so I, I just coming into this art world, I was just kind of had no idea what I was doing. So there was a process where I would, you know, imitate other artists. And I'm going to say that like, honestly, you know, because I was lost and I didn't know what I was doing and running a business and finding yourself at the same time, like really, truly like diving deep into yourself and like all of your fears is like terrifying and liberating at the same time. When I talk about like business aspects of it, I mean, for the most part, what I really truly want more than anything is just to be able to to do what I love and not really much else. That's kind right. of where I've gotten my life, where I just want to like follow my joy. I just want to be happy. So I don't do things now unless it brings me joy. So like I'm not gonna take all the commission requests that I get because they just don't spark my interest. They don't make me happy. They don't inspire me. I'm not going to, I'm not going to paint when I don't feel like painting. And like, I'm not, it's, I'm not going to work when I don't feel like working because I'm doing a disservice to myself. I'm not following my joy. I'm living in that survival state that so many of us have been conditioned to be in constantly. So for me, it is just finding a balance between, um, not really a balance, just doing what I want. That's, Mm -hmm. that's where I'm at right now is I just want to like do what I want. So I'm not going to do anything in the business that I don't want to do. And I've gotten to the place where I have, I create my own art now from the depths, the deepest, most raw, real parts of me, because I'm, I I had to get there by, I had to go on like the detour of all the places I didn't want to go. And then I got here to where I just, I just want to create from my heart and I want to always do that. I just want to do what makes me happy. Now you said you, for a time you were imitating certain artists. So who are some of your favorite artists and, you know, who have influenced your work the most 
Um, my favorite artist is um, James Michaelopoulos, and he's an artist out of New Orleans. And I skipped in my um, in my about me section at the beginning. I lived in New Orleans for about like ten years, and that's where I really got my artist bug and got real inspired because I find I I got to see art galleries like for the first time, and so I saw him, and I'd never felt anything like that before. And I was like, God, I just I want to do what he does. I, I want to, man, he makes you feel things because he paints, he paints architecture, but it sways and it, and it, and it's almost like it's, it's almost like it's moving to the sound of music, like New Orleans music. And so he paints, you know, all the French quarter buildings and um, he does the jazz fest posters of all the New Orleans musicians. And he just made me just feel, you know, like, so he, so I would paint things. I think I've got, I've got a little bit of a touch of him still with just maybe with some of my things are not distorted. I mean, his were real distorted. I don't, I, I wasn't able to dive that deep, but there's a little bit of distortion in my stuff. You know, it's definitely not, mm -hmm. it's definitely not realism. You know, I, I had a man come up to me the other day at the market and he was critiquing one of my paintings. I'm like, sir, I'm not a realist. I, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know why you're doing this. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, he, he was telling me that a cherry blossom tree has, you know, um, their branches, the bark goes a particular way and they don't quite, you know, shut on the ground the way I had painted it. And I was like, sir, this is pointless. <laughs> like, I, like, I like how I, he's, he's specifically going to your booth to, to criticize you. Oh, it's no, I mean, it's okay. It's okay. Because I think people, he's he might you know just need to feel like this sense of being in control and so he wants to control something so he's going to try and control my art and that's cool because I, I can recognize that in him because i have similar characteristics of my own that are in alignment with that so i i can i can get it to a certain point it's cool right it's all good it's all good but yeah i love jane's work i i love uh, monet i love uh bingo but honestly my favorite artist is, is james michaelopoulos I mean, by far, he's an amazing artist. I'll have to check him out. I haven't heard of him, so I'll check him out after after the show for sure. Yeah. Let me ask you this. How do you choose a subject to paint? You know, how regional based do you think artists are? Cause your, your work seems very nature oriented, for example. Do you think that has to do with being from Tennessee, where by someone from a big city might paint cityscapes? Yes. Yes. Um, I think for me, I'm definitely where I live is going to influence me. And I, and I thought about that. I'm like, I wonder if I lived in Florida, if I would be painting, you Oceans. know, the Florida <laughs> landscapes and yeah, like all the, the oaks and, um, you know, I, I love hanging moss and I wonder what I would, you know, I, I, I'm so inspired by what I see. So, right. I mean, one of the things that I love to do is go hiking out in the middle of nowhere <laughs> where there's nobody. I always find the spots where, you know, there's no people. And then I like, I will sit with my surroundings and I will completely like absorb and like breathe them in and connect with mother earth because she is so abundant and she's so beautiful and she just blesses us constantly. And I'm like, so I'm getting emotional talking, you know, I just, I'm mm -hmm. so moved. I'm so moved by mother earth. So I try and spend as much time with her as I can. And then oh, I'd awesome. like to paint her. You know, I, I think she's beautiful.
Hey everybody, I just wanted to take the time to let you know about my latest book. It's called Massimo's Mirror and Other Stories. It's my first collection of short stories. The book uses fantasy, science fiction, and fairy tales to create a world where a magical array of protagonists conquer their fears, battle forces of evil, and step up to meet their potential. Suitable for the secular and religious alike, these stories are full of symbolism and quirky characters, including aliens, robots, angels, demons, superheroes, gods, animals, giants, monsters, and dragons, and just the right length to hold the attention of children and adults alike. All 50 stories are crafted to entertain and make us see behind the veil of reality and perhaps teach something along the way. The ebook and paperback editions are available on Amazon. You can purchase an autographed copy on my website, storykingbooks.com. Also, if you sign up on Story King Books with your email, you'll get a free copy of my latest PDF resource, Launch Your Podcast Like a Pro. And now back to today's episode. Now, you, you said, and I think this is very cool because I was going to ask you this and you kind of addressed it, but I just want you to expound a little bit. So, you, you do get commissions, but... You said sometimes you'll you'll refuse a commission, so you're not going to paint anything a paying customer wants you to paint. <laughs> no, okay. no, because here's the thing: it's it's not because I'm 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 too good. You know, I don't. It's it's not that. It's because I feel like I, I want to refer them to somebody who, when they tell them their idea, it sparks something inside of them, and mm -hmm. they, you know what I mean. And if it doesn't do that for me, I'm not the right artist. So I have to trust. I mean, sometimes you have to turn down money. You know, like I said, you're we're always in survival. And so you turn down something because it doesn't align with you. But then something right behind it comes that's even like bigger and better. And then you know that you did the right thing. I just don't want to do anything that wouldn't be in alignment with me because then, like I said, I'd be doing a disservice to the person requesting it. I want them to have the best experience that they can. And if I can't give that to them, then someone else can. And I'll trust that the universe will take care of me. And right. it always works out. No, that's very cool. I mean, that does take a lot of faith and trust turning down work, especially for an artist, you know, because I mean, you seem well, you to just be never know. Right. <laughs> You just, it's kind of fun. I've kind of gotten excited about not knowing when, when something's going to drop, you know, and sometimes it's a roller coaster and I get to work through a lot of my fears. I get to work through a lot of, I, I feel really vulnerable putting my work out there mm -hmm. and then making a, making a living off of this vulnerable space. Like it, it all actually feels very uncomfortable at times. I feel the same way. I'm a writer and, you know, I'll write, but it, it is a vulnerable feeling to have somebody actually, you know, read my, my work. You know? Yes. Yes, it is. It is. But I mean, I guess you just have to trust that your people find you because I feel like they do. Your people mm -hmm. find you and they, and they love what you do. And if they don't love what you do, then they're not for you and it's all good. <laughs> right. Good attitude to have curious about your thoughts on specific art mediums. You know, my wife and I always discuss this, but I can look at a photograph and admire the composition, for example, the eye, so to speak, that the photographer had when taking the shot. But for a painting, I enjoy the fact that the hands of the artist was involved, you know, whether with a brush or a palette mm -hmm. knife, you know, there's this physical connection with the artist and the art. And even though I can enjoy like a print or I can look at your artwork and you know, on the computer and say, oh, that's really cool. But there's something about the actual painting in front of you that to me, you, you see this physical connection. 
I don't have much of a question there. It's just an observation. <laughs> oh yeah. I was like, what's the question? Yeah. Um, no, art is very special that way. I love, I love, love, love um, handmade items. I just love, I eat them up, you know? And right. um, there's something really magical and emotional about a piece of art, whether it's even a piece of furniture that someone's made. It's gorgeous. Like it, you feel something. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a creation. Like it's so it's so unique that, you know, humans, like they all have this creativity. That's, that's why I say, you know, there was a period of time where I imitated other artists. And then I finally got to this place where I was like, you know what? I'm tired of believing that I'm not unique. I'm tired of believing that I was not gifted my own personal style and that it is incredible. And I want to share it with the world. So this whole process of being an artist is actually, for me, I feel like I am actually taking steps backwards constantly to get to who I truly was before I was conditioned to believe I was anything less than divine and and perfect just as I am. I feel like everybody has like this artist have like they have like this essence and that it's their responsibility to like chip away all the layers and all the belief systems and get down to like the truth of who they are as an artist and not compare themselves or not try and be like anyone else just to be themselves. I feel like that's so beautiful when you can do that. And I'm still, I'm still working on it because that's why if you look at my older art, it's evolved so much because Mm -hmm. I'm unraveling, you know, my truth every time I paint. Yeah. And it reminds me of this quote, this director, David Lynch said, he goes, sure. Every story has been told, but not by you. Yes. And it's, yeah, and it's kind of like what you're saying, you know, that, that every artist, they have their unique voice and, and you have to trust that you have something to offer the world and, uh, yes. you know, and, and live in that confidence yet, you know, Hey, and I like how you said, you know, your people will find you, you know, so it's okay that not everybody is going to be into your work, but some people will. And that's, uh, yep. that's part of your, what your world is going to be, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. So I have, Two last questions. What would you tell any young up and coming artists if someone out there wants to make a living off of painting? That's their dream. What advice would you suggest, especially if their parents think they're wasting their time? Because I've heard a lot of artists like that too. The last mm-hmm. artist I interviewed, you know, she was actually a forensic scientist for 25 years, but her parents weren't into her like pursuing art. And then she, you know, she got into it and finally uh, worked herself out of forensics into full-time art but what do you tell the up-and-coming artists because that's such a common theme that you hear you know parents not really you know parents want their kids to survive you know so and art is doesn't scream out money you know the way other careers may so what would you tell the the young up-and-coming artists well i would say definitely i think i do i do know that parents project their own fears onto their children so Mm -hmm. it's up to the children hopefully to make a conscious decision to realize that it's their own life, right? And nobody can live your life for you and nobody can make you happy but you. And if painting or whatever, art, you know, making furniture, ceramics, if that is truly fueling you and bringing you joy, then it's in alignment with your purpose. Because I believe that we came here to be joyful and to be happy and to be fulfilled. I believe we've been severely conditioned almost into like a slavery mindset, you know? So too many of us, I think, aren't 
doing what truly makes us happy. So for me, you know, I would tell them just to follow your joy, like to follow it to the ends of the earth, to never give up, to not listen to their parents, you know, like, I mean, okay, it's hard not to listen to people, I guess, to make their own decision when their Mm -hmm. parents interject their opinion, learn to make your own decisions and learn to form your own opinions and release any belief that you have that tells you that that you can't, because I think that's key. If you believe you can, you will. But if you don't believe that you can, you'll never have what you want. I mean, it's, it's all about changing beliefs. So that's what I would say. And just to keep at it. And it's the most, it's a beautiful experience. And it's, it's very, like I said, it's very uncomfortable at times. It's, it can be, it can be sticky. (laughs) Right. It can be, but you get through it. And when you do, it's just like, it just gets better. It just gets better and better. Let's put it that way. So. Awesome advice. Yeah, absolutely. Now, last question is just a fun one. I ask almost every guest at the end of the episode. So it's going to switch gears a little bit for you. So if you could have any superpower, what would it be and why? Man, that is random. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, I didn't prepare you for that one. (laughs) If I could have any superpower... I would have the power to disappear. (laughs) Invisible or disappear? Completely invisible. Okay. Because I, I love to just, I don't know. I I think just, I think it would just be fun just to just vanish every once in a while from (laughs) every, just like, can you imagine how peaceful and quiet and relaxing everything would be? (laughs) Right. Like, where's mom? I don't, <laughs> nobody can find her. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Finally, some peace and quiet. Even if yeah. there's noise around, it's not directed I'm, at you. <laughs> it's not. Nobody's asking. I think that's what it is. I think nobody can ask anything of you if you're not there. <laughs> I, that's what. That's the connection. I just figured it out. Nice. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Emily, so. if people wanted to buy your work, if they wanted to reach out, to commission you for something, where can they go about doing all that? My website is emilynewmanfineart.com. I'm on Instagram, Emily Newman Fine Art, Facebook, Emily Newman Fine Art. Yeah, that's it. I'm always, always posting and trying to create new stuff and just enjoy life. Awesome. Well, I'll make sure your links are in the show notes. Emily Newman, thank you so much for coming on the Story King podcast and sharing your story with us. Fabulous. Thanks for having me. So that was my conversation with Emily Newman. Her links will be in the show notes. Don't forget to check out storykingbooks.com. Also, you can follow us on Instagram. The username is storyking.podcast. I post weekly short stories, writing tips, quotes from famous authors. You don't want to miss that. And please click like on our Facebook page. We're at facebook.com forward slash storykingpodcast. If you'd like to be a part of what we're doing with this show, please consider becoming a patron. You could choose a monthly membership tier at www.patreon.com forward slash thestoryking. All those links I just mentioned will be in the show notes. One more thing, if you're enjoying this podcast, please do me the favor of sharing the show with your friends and on social media, subscribing to it and leaving a positive review on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcasts, I'd greatly appreciate it. 
Thank you for listening to the Story King podcast, a show about the art and business of storytelling and living life. Please join us next time. Until then, 